Hendricks, get in there. Get in there. It's Tuesday night. And Oregon has scored a touchdown. Time to break down the upcoming battle. Can you believe it? Believe Talking it. X's and O's with the coaches, players, and experts. Welcome to Ducks Gridiron with Brian Perkins and Eric Ringering on your home of the Oregon Ducks. 750 and 102.9 The Game. Here's Adams to throw on third down. Steps up, a little pressure, going toward the end zone. Way back there. Carrington's got the ball. Touchdown, Oregon. Well, I guess he's going to (laughs) play. I guess he was in the game, wasn't he? It was poetic. Vernon Adams to Darren Carrington, two folks we haven't seen in a few weeks on the Oregon Ducks sidelines, come up big in this game in Oregon for the 12th consecutive season up in Seattle, gets the victory over the Huskies. Ringer, one of three goals so far this season is accomplished. You text me after the game. I I was texting you some negative uh, vibes that I personally felt during the game, and you were like, look, as a Ducks fan, they beat the Huskies, you beat the Beavers, and you get to a bowl game and duck satisfaction will ensue. Yeah, obviously uh, my mindset is not where it was at the beginning of this of season, but there is one thing I absolutely want to do every year, and that's beat the boys up north because they're not nice people. Anyone who's been to that rivalry knows that they're not nice, we're not nice, and if you can beat the team who is not nice, that means you're better than them. Four one seven seventy five seventy five. I am curious. Uh, do you feel the same way that Eric does about this? You know, I, being a, a non really affiliated with a college football team, I didn't go to a university per se. Um, I, I mean, I root for Oregon, but I am curious. Do you agree with Eric? You beat the rival. You beat the Huskies. You kept the streak going. Washington fans. Though it was close, Ringer went home sad. Do you agree with Ringering? 417-7575. And with Vernon Adams back at the helm, have you seen enough to give you faith that this team can hit that six-game benchmark at the very least, maybe win more than that, and get to and win a bowl game? Vernon Adams, Ringer, right away looked much better. Uh, the offense just flowed much better. I know his numbers weren't outstanding. 14-25, to 25, not a great completion percentage. 272 yards. And two touchdowns, but the offense automatically, you saw it on that first drive, Eric. It just flowed so much better. He looked confident out there. The receivers looked confident running their routes. And I think that that actually rubbed off on the defense as well. Yeah, the stat line, not superb, but there were several drops that are not on that list. Uh, Devin Allen had a drop that was wide open. Uh, Carrington had a drop. I think that Braylon Addison had another one. I counted three. There may have been more than that. So... That right there already changed the stat line to, what, average to decent. Yeah, for a guy who hasn't played in a month. The biggest thing is you saw them able to move the ball right from the very get-go. Vernon Adams is able to move that team up and down the field. I don't know what they were thinking with that uh, extra point or non-extra point attempt that they went with, but I, I I don't really care about that that much. And going back to the question you asked, is that good enough? Or do people feel the same way as me? Well, let me ask you something. If you're a Washington fan, and this is the worst Oregon team that you've had in probably eight years, maybe more than that, and you still couldn't beat them, aren't you even more upset than you would have? Because you lost to Marcus Mariota. You lost to uh, Darren Thomas. You lost to Dennis Dixon. Now you lost to Vernon Adams, who 
has been out for four games. That really looks you you pretty bad. (laughs) 417-75-75. And I think that a lot of Huskies fans were really confident, Ringer, going into this game. Not only did they have a a, a longer time to rest and prepare for Oregon after playing USC on a weeknight, they beat the Trojans down in Southern California. Now they get the Ducks at home in hostile territory. Oregon is really not playing well at all after losing to Washington State. But Vernon Adams makes the difference in this game, doesn't he? Absolutely. If, If Jeff Lockie is in, no offense to him, or Taylor Allen, no offense to him. Oregon, I'm not sure if they get to 26 points against that defense. Royce Freeman had a nice game. He averaged five yards a carry, 138 yards. You know, he did what you want him to do. He didn't score a touchdown, but still, he had a nice work workman-like game against a defensive front that was very tough. But Freeman wasn't carrying the team. He wasn't putting them on his back. Darren Carrington and Vernon Adams did just that. And if they're not in that game, guess what? I don't think that Oregon is coming away with a victory here. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, what is it? The transitive property. So Jake Browning is better than Jeff Lockie, but uh, Vernon Adams is better. Than Jake Browning. So that's how that's how the game was won, basically. <laughs> Jake Browning ends up nineteen of thirty for one hundred and ninety nine yards and the touchdown. We'll get you the Ducks recap uh, that Brian Griggs puts together, together every week, coming up in just a little bit. But really. Uh, Ringer, the, the the thing that bothered me about this game, and and I text you almost immediately that it happened when it happened. Late in the fourth quarter, there's what maybe a minute twenty five left on the clock. It's third and seven for Oregon. Some some third and mid to long range. You're not going to get the first down running the ball most likely with the way you had been running that night. But instead of running the football, they call a play. It might have been a choice for Vernon either run or pass, but he tries to get the ball to, I believe, Evan Bayless and fails. Yes. Uh, Johnny Munt, I think it was. Okay, Munt and fails. Third down conversion, no good, and you leave a buck 20 on the clock. I mean, K.J. Carter-Samuels had to come in because Jake Browning took a sack, I think, on the earlier drive that injured his shoulder, Yes, and he wasn't able to play. Thank goodness that Samuels had to come in and finish that game because I'm not convinced with Jake Browning at the helm, they don't drive down the field and at least make things pretty interesting in the final seconds of that contest. Yeah, my guess is that was Vernon Adams kind of having a brain fart. Because I I just do not believe, I really don't want to believe that the coaches would actually allow him to throw a pass or tell him that that's an option. I think that he probably went out there, was supposed to run out the clock a little bit if they get I mean, if he needs to run around and get the first down, that that's available. But then he saw a guy, he was above the sticks, right there at the first down, and he made probably his poorest throw of the night. Had he not made that poor throw, he probably would have gotten the first down, and we might not be saying the same thing. Probably would have been like, um, that wasn't the wisest throw, but you got the first down, so okay. That's not the way it went. You can't make that throw. You got to be better than that at that situation. 417-7575. Does this game give you hope going forward that maybe they can go down to the desert and uh, get a victory over Arizona State? I want to know from you and get your thoughts. Ringer and I both do at 417-7575 or on Twitter at Perkins Radio 13 or at Ringering 45. Uh, I, I just I was so frustrated with that call that you would even entertain the idea of a pass. In that scenario, because, you know, even if Browning's in, if you take another 40 seconds off the clock there and pin them deep in their own territory, Eric, there is no chance that Jake Browning, being the freshman quarterback that he is, would be able to drive down the field and score. I do not believe that with 40 seconds left on the clock. You gave them too much time, and that was frustrating to see. And it's tough because we keep defending the coaches, or at least I do, saying you got to give these guys 
time to fix it, to right the ship. And they keep making decisions every week, at least at some critical moment or another, that just baffle me. And it's happened in almost every game that's mattered. Take away the two FCS games. The the rest of the games, there's always been a decision that you look back and go, why did you make that decision? Every week, we can go back and look. So it's it's just it's been. I'm right there with you. I don't yeah. know what was happening there. I I do believe that that was on Vernon, but I don't know. I after what I've seen, I can't really say with confidence that that's what was going on. Yeah, and uh, Tom, he's a big listener to the show. He was tweeting at us all throughout the game, um, talking about how their offense is an absolute joke. I think that was earlier in the game because I will say the Huskies may have not played a, a bunch of high powered teams so far this year. But they were only averaging 50, opponents were averaging 15 points a game against them. So the fact that Oregon got 26 on the board, I think is okay. I think you should be okay with that, with where your team is right now. You should be satisfied with 26 points. Yeah, considering what you had been putting up the last, I guess you put up quite a bit against Washington State, but you didn't do it, whatever. You, you put up 26 points against a defense that ranked number one in the Pac-12. You sh- You should be pretty happy with that and we'll try to get better as the season goes on 417-7575 uh also uh, andy mcnamara of course works for the ducks tweeted out an interesting stat uh, a couple days ago past the midpoint of the season royce freeman still leads all fbs players with 36 runs of 10 plus yards and that just tells you the type of guy that he is, is he lives off of explosive plays and i still think even if you have vernon adams back in the fold and they do at least for now you have to continue to make Royce Freeman the feature player in this offense. You cannot stray from that. Did you happen to see the other tweet that he sent out during the game? I did not. I'm going to paraphrase here, but he basically said, that was the first time this season that Oregon has held an opponent to zero points in the first quarter. I do remember that one now, because I remember you retweeted it, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I I was kind of shocked to learn that you played two terrible teams. Well, you played one terrible team and then Eastern Washington, who is not the Eastern Washington they have been in recent years. And you, I had forgotten that, yeah, both those teams scored on them in the first quarter. So that's not a tweet that I'm, I would send out with a lot of confidence. I, I, I don't want to brag on something like that. 417-7575, and it's against a, an offense in Washington, Ringer, that isn't exactly uh, blowing people away. Let's just put it that way. They still have a long ways to go. How do you feel about this game going forward? Ringer and I are going to answer that question coming up on the other side of the break. We're going to get you the Ducks recap. Also coming up, um, SI does a bull prediction. I think it's every week. They come out with their bull predictions where they think certain teams will end up in bull season. And it's very interesting because where the Ducks are projected right now I'm curious what you think about that specific bowl game for this team. He's Eric Ringering. I'm Brian Perkins. It's Ducks Gridiron here on 750 and 102.9 The Game. You're listening to Ducks Gridiron on 750 and 102.9 The Game. 417-7575. We'll get back to your calls. If you're wondering about the uh, music choice tonight, we have a theme every night on Ducks Gridiron Ringer. You came up with a good one. I like it. I did, I guess. Every song we will be playing tonight has by somewhere in the title. Why? <laughs> well, it's the bye week, of course. It's the bye week. 417-7575. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you in just a moment. Actually, you know what? I want to talk about these bull predictions, Ringer, but first, let's uh, let's do go to the phone. Our good buddy Exile has called in. Exile, what's up, my man? 
We'll get the phone lines potted up here, and then we'll get them on. Exile, what's up, my friend? How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Hey, how you gentlemen doing tonight? Doing well, man. Good, good. Hey, I wanted to chime in. Um, I love, you know, you know, like clockwork, I got to call in. So uh, I love the show. You guys do a fantastic job. It always gives me a fresh recap, especially after a big dub. 12th Street over the Fuskies. Ah, get fired up. It's a good day to be a Duck fan, <laughs> as it is all the time, uh, win or lose. But, hey, I think, um, I think this does give me hope moving forward. I think the only question mark all season, obviously the defense has been a question mark, but really, when has defense ever been Oregon's calling card? So as long as we could put points up and do our job on the offensive side, and I think VA obviously gives us that, uh, that added hope, um, I, I do have hope. I have hope going forward for the season. I mean, it, at some point our defense is going to have to make uh, some key big stands, and I think they did that at the, at the UW game, and they've done that throughout the year. Uh, you guys know I'm on record as being coaching has been probably one of our biggest points of emphasis for our, our, our losses, So other than the Utah game. So I do have a lot of hope going in the desert. I think they could surprise some people. I think obviously a healthy VA gives us that hope. And I did want to talk to you guys real quick question about coaching. I know you guys don't want to put it on the coaches and this and that and, and throwing the ball on, on, what was it, third or fourth on that play to Munt when he threw the worst pass I've ever seen to a wide open, you know, seven yard out. But anyway, when does coaching, when is it a good call that you make when teams aren't expecting like, oh, no, you got to run on third and one and get that one yard easy. And when is it a good call? Well, obviously when it works. So my thing is this, I thought it was a great call, whether he's supposed to run or whatever, because A, Munt was wide open. It was just a horrible pass. So I think all in all, no matter what the call was, it was a good call because he was wide open. And, and he, had he not thrown a complete dud, would have been a first down, change move. We win the game, so all in all, it doesn't matter. But that's kind of my take. I'll let you guys have the floor. I always appreciate the time. Have a great night. Thanks, man. Thanks for the kind words about the show. Uh, and he's right. When's it a good call when the call when it's yeah, executed? Yeah, when it works out, you're never gonna. You're usually not gonna nitpick on whether or not it worked out or not. That's fine, but I still think in that situation you're up six. So it's not like if they drive down the field and score a touchdown, you're probably going to win that game. A, a minute twenty left. You put them away if you run the ball and then punt it deep in their own territory. That's all you have to do, and that game is over. With yeah. Jake Browning at quarterback, I just don't think inside two minutes you're you should be passing the ball in that situation. You catch someone off guard passing the ball if you're a run heavy team and it's third and one and you do some play action or something of that nature. That's when you catch someone off guard, not with a buck twenty to go in the game, up six on the road. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, mathematically, it was almost a win right there. If you just whether you get the first down or not, you just run the ball what do they have, 40 seconds, something like that to work with, That's that just doesn't make me believe they can actually do that. So I don't think that that is a time where you put the ball in the air at all. You run it however you want to do it. It, it. Take a knee. I don't even care on that one. Just as long as you can make it to where you can punt on the next possession, and I know you can throw out the Michigan-Michigan State thing, but that will happen like once out of every, I don't know, 10,000 tries, so I'll take my chances that that's not going to happen in the Oregon game. 417-7575, and, and I have to say, maybe I'm oversensitive to that as a Seahawks fan after what happened in the Super Bowl when you have a yard to go and a great running back, and maybe you should, you know, they're, you're trying with the element of surprise, but Exile, I just don't think that that was the appropriate call there. Like Ringer said, you can put the game away forcing a freshman quarterback or a second-string quarterback to drive 90 yards down the field. In 40 seconds, NFL teams can't do that. The Ducks can't do that.
I don't know, 417-7575. That's the one thing I would say is that it just seems like every week there's there's one play, one decision that I just look at and I, I walk away scratching my head, whether it works or not. Uh, Two-point conversion at Michigan State comes to mind immediately. That play there, um, you know, we'd have to go back. But there's been basically one call every single game where I've gone back and I've looked at it. Oh, well, can I Ben Wab just being in the game with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter against Washington State? So I teased this before the break ringer, and Sports Illustrated, I think it's every week, maybe every other week, they come out with their bowl projections of who they, where they think teams will end up. So right now, and I'll give you Oregon in a second, where they think they will end up. Right now, they believe that the final four will be Alabama playing Clemson in the Orange Bowl. I think that's fair. I, I know we're expecting Clemson to, at some point, drop a big game because that's what they do. But they have such a, an easy schedule that I'm not sure if they'll do it. The other semifinal, Cotton Bowl, Baylor versus Michigan State. Those four, I have no real issue with those four picks. I, I If Utah wins out, they will get in. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, but we will see. And I, I think that Alabama would be on the outside looking in if all of these teams found a way to win out. But where they have Oregon is playing on December 26th, the day after Christmas, in the Sun Bowl. What they have is Virginia Tech and Oregon, December 26th, down in El Paso, Texas, in the Sun Bowl. What do you think about that? 417-7575. The last time Oregon played in the Sun Bowl, 2007, they beat South Florida 56-21. to Jonathan Stewart went wild in yeah, that game. he did. He went nuts. That was uh, back when the game was a little later in the year. It was December 31st. They also played in the game uh, in 2003 against Minnesota, lost by a point, and in 99 against Minnesota when they won by four. Oregon State played it, played in it in 2008. The last two years, UCLA and Arizona State have won respectively. Utah was in it in 2011 as well. Ringer, would you be satisfied with a Sun Bowl appearance and victory from the Oregon Ducks? I mean... <laughs> That's a tough question to answer because obviously I didn't go into this season hoping for a Sun Bowl victory. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that that was an area in the pecking order the the Ducks would actually have a chance to get to. So I don't know how I look forward on something like that. I You need to take care of some business right now. You You may not get to a bowl game. I think that they probably... We'll get there now, now that they put that away. I find them, I know they're going to beat Oregon State. I feel like they're going to find a way to beat one of those other teams, maybe even more. But the Sun Bowl, I, that's too hard to project right now. That's something we need to discuss later in the season. Remember the Sun Bowl, the, the, the last time Oregon was there, Justin Roper was quarterback. Because Trust of me, all I, the I know all about oh, you that. You know all about it. Jonathan Stewart in that game averaged 11 yards per carry, had one touchdown run, but 253 yards on the ground. He did okay. Yeah. He did. He, he was coming back from his turf toe, actually. <laughs> One of many for Jonathan Stewart, who's actually, by the way, having a nice season in the NFL. But that's a, another story for another day. 417-7575. Uh, Thomas hit us up. Thomas uh, on Twitter. And he said he's he calls in a lot. He said he's not going to be able to call in tonight. But he will say he doesn't think the Washington win will help the Ducks turn it around. He thinks they'll lose to Arizona State. How do you feel about that? I still don't have supreme confidence they can go on the road and win against Arizona State. But we'll break that game down a little bit more next week as well. We're kind of in this weird bye week, you know. Uh, but looking at it section. now, doesn't it seem like that's a a game that could go either yes, way? it's a like, winnable it's game. Not, 
is not what you thought two weeks ago. Like that was immediately chalked up as a loss <laughs> when you after you saw what happened to Washington State. Now at least you think that they can go on the road and get that. They might not, but there's a possibility. Four one seven seventy five seventy five. Uh, it, this uh, bowl projection, by the way, if you're wondering, does not have Oregon State making a bowl. And with the way they played in the Pac-12, I would they say are, that's fair. They're almost mathematically ineligible to play in a bowl, so I can understand that. <laughs> I can see why, yeah, they would basically have to win out. Uh, they've had a rough go. We'll, we'll talk about them a little bit more later on this hour. And, of course, we're going to go around the Pac-12 next hour, as we normally do. And then uh, at 9.30, Ringer, I'm excited. Anthony Newman, he's only been on the show about 16,000 times since oh. its inception. Uh, I'm very excited for him to stop by, and I, I am actually excited. I, I, I say that with all honesty because he's a great interview on the show, and he's, of course, on the Coors Light pregame show, but it's just funny because he joins us every week. I feel like he's a man that needs no introduction because he's on the show every single week, and he takes he's very generous with his time talking with us for a half an hour every single Tuesday. I Not to it. mention he has played for the Ducks. He yeah. has been on this station at some capacity for the last yes. 12, That's what I'm 13 years. That's what I I'm guess saying. The inception of the station. He's been on the show like 16,000 times because that's what he does. He's willing to take the time to give us the insight that you and I can't provide because he is a great Ducks defensive player. He played in the NFL for um, more seasons than you and I have ever played uh, the NFL version of My Pro and Madden. Okay. The guy is an awesome player. He was an awesome former player, and he's going to give us some perspective. And I want to know from him about that third down call what he thinks about that play. So he's going to join us coming up at 9:30. Coming up on the other side, we're going to get you a sports update. Who has won the game? What is it? What was it tonight? Game three of the NLCS. Dan Schwartzman is going to let you know here in just a few minutes. And then on the other side, we're going to get you our Ducks recap and talk a little bit of Beavers here on Ducks Gridiron as well. And take your calls at 417-7575. Let me ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. This is Ducks Gridiron on 750 and 102.9 The Game. Perkins and Ringer back with you. 417-7575. How do you feel about the Ducks now moving forward? Are you feeling better about the season? Obviously, you're happy with the win over the Huskies, right? Let's go to JC, who's in Tiger. JC, welcome. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I was, I was giving a call because I was the, the game was actually you know it was a good game for the first half, but in the second half, on the last the end of the fourth quarter, is one of those ones that started to get a little nerve wracking with with the uh, conservativeness on the plays. And so that that second half of that game definitely had me a little uh, a little on edge. Yeah, there's and a then, de- uh, okay. Go on, go on. I was going to say. And then on the on the last two possessions, I want to say the the continual running it up the middle and non passing was was resulting in failures, and so I kind of get why they threw for it on that final play, even though it it failed as well. So you you're okay with that play call throwing it with a minute twenty to go? Uh, well, it was third and seven, so I don't think they were going to you know the chances of getting the full seven. I mean, they, they definitely would have burned a lot more clock with at least probably thirty seconds off which would have definitely shorted up, but um, the odds of getting it on a third and seven on a run play when the previous ones were not getting that much success kind of kind of made more sense to me. But I, Yeah, JC, I get where you're coming from, and thanks for the call, 417-7575. I just think ultimately in, in the second quarter, and it's third and seven, I completely agree with you. You throw the ball. This is the fourth quarter with a minute 20 left. 
yes, it would take 30, 35 seconds off the clock, probably more than that once you start talking about punting the football. So, of course, you want to take as much time off the clock as possible. That's where I'm coming from is I agree with you. I don't think Oregon would have gotten the first down. You know, Royce Freeman's a very good running back. I just think that they're all thinking run, so of course he's not going to get the first down. But at the very least, you're eating time off the clock. That's all that matters in that situation is 35 seconds is an eternity in football. That's, what, five plays? Six plays? That's a lot. And it's important to note that, like, the difference between this game and the previous game versus Washington State. Had they gone for it, rather than bring Kanai Benoit, had they gone for it with, obviously, I don't want Jeff Lockie throwing the ball in that situation, but say Vernon Adams is there. If they go for it with less than two minutes left in the game when that team is the, the team you're opposing, I can be okay with that because that team can come back and beat you pretty, pretty easily, as they did. That was not going to happen with Washington. They... Jake Browning is he's a freshman he's okay right now I think he's probably going to be pretty decent as his career goes on but he wasn't going to lead them down or he wasn't going to lead them back across the field to win that game so I really just want them to find a way to get punt the ball away that's really all I wanted and preferably with the most amount of seconds off the clock as possible. Yeah, you take 35 more seconds off the clock man you're not I mean their chances go from slim to none to win that game. Look who it is on the phone lines. It's our good buddy, Peter in Sherwood. Peter, we didn't hear from you last week, man. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. I've been so busy lately with the garden, putting it to bed. But you know what? I'm done now. It's great. Now I'm going to be able to call in every week. So, And you guys are talking about the last play. I mean, come on. Ducks won. That's the ultimate <laughs> thing. It's awesome. So who cares? We beat the Huskies 12 times in a row. I mean, you gotta, I would have loved to hear heard Softy on the radio the next day. Oh, I'm sure he's a bitter man. He was pretty bitter during that game on Twitter if you were following his feed. Oh, I'm sure he was. I would never follow him, though. He's a Husky. But, anyway, but he's also a Seahawk. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll follow him on a Sunday, but not a Saturday. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that. that's fair, Peter. Okay, go on. Okay, first off, I just want to give Exile a huge shout-out. He sounded so pumped up, and he's my homie. I love that guy, and he represents the rest of our season, being so pumped up. I think the Ducks could possibly make it to that title game, and if everybody had Exiles enthusiasm, boy, oh, boy, we don't have anything to worry about. Which title game? The Pac-12 title okay. game. We're not okay. making it to the front. <laughs> okay. Pac-12. Okay, let me clarify. I am sorry. Okay, no, I just wanted to make sure we were we were both on the or we, all three of us were on the same page there. Uh Peter, um I, I was a little worried, but I, I figured I know it was kind of an up and down weekend for you with the Seahawks um blowing yet another lead, but the the Huskies would you let me ask you this. Would you have rather had because I know you're a big Seahawks fan, the Seahawks beat the Panthers and improved to five hundred, thus greatly increasing their playoff chances, or are you happier that Oregon beat Washington? Oh my gosh! So you're asking me to pick one. If you had other. to pick one, yep. Uh, probably the Huskies. Yeah. Beating the Huskies because you can say, "Hey, twelve years in a row, come on." But you know, I also want the Seahawks to do well because you know, if, if they were to get better, they could still go to the playoffs, and and it's still possible to win a Super Bowl, and it's impossible for the Ducks to win the title. So that's that's a really hard call. But you know what? 
I am actually happy because I am 6-0 in my fantasy league. So despite having Jamal Charles, oh, my gosh. So I'm still 6-0, so that works out well. What's your uh, fantasy football team name? Do you have to use like something special? Well, I named it after my favorite flower, the tulips. So every May I go to the Tulip Festival in Woodburn, and so I'm the tulips. And we rock, we kick butt. And like I say, six and zero. Oh, it's no, it's no mistake. I I know what I'm doing. I've been to that tulip festival. What's your favorite part about going there? You know what? They have a little fair there, and they have this guy that carves like wooden spoons out of, you know, handmade wooden spoons. That's awesome. And of course, the beer garden is pretty cool. And uh, I, you know, I can't remember. I think they do have tractor rides, but no, it's it's a great time. A lot of families, and it, it's wonderful. So. You know, it's a celebration of spring and and the year to come for garden season and warm weather. But, hey, now we're in football, opposite time of the year, and that's also a reason to celebrate. Peter, I need to ask you, I know next week is, uh, of course, Halloween, kind of the the last show before Halloween. Do you like Halloween? Do you enjoy – you seem like a pumpkin spice latte guy to me, but that's just me. Do you enjoy, like, uh, haunted houses or anything like that? You know what? When I was younger, I went to a bunch of parties, Halloween parties, and stuff like that. And now, now I'm an older guy. You know, I just sit at home, maybe not a pumpkin spice latte, but maybe a pumpkin spice champagne cocktail, and I'll, I'll buy a huge bowl of candy for the kids. And people will ring my doorbell, and I'll give them full size candy bars. I don't even mess with the fun size because those really aren't fun. I give out full size candy bars, and you know, maybe have a little party, but. You know, just relax. Uh, Peter, so you don't – are you a big – you seem like the type of guy, though, that just because you love gardening – that's why I said pumpkin spice latte. You love gardening. I figured you were the type of guy that would love – when pumpkin season comes around, you have to have the pumpkin pie, the pumpkin latte, the pumpkin beer, all of it. Is that correct? Well, only the pumpkin pie. I make a, a killer pumpkin pie from scratch, and I make my crust from scratch. I remember a few years ago I got caught with store-bought. Uh, pie crust, but I went back to my butter and lard. You got caught? Like someone like bit a piece I've of heard your... this story, <laughs> they... actually. Yeah, t- tell me. Okay, I haven't. Tell me what happened. Oh, my gosh. Well, there were a few people in Garden Club that were a little suspicious because the the fluting around the rim was a little too perfect and looked like a machine-made pie. And so they compared it to like a Sarah Lee, and they they caught me red-handed. So wow, I did, did it? Do you get like demoted or what? No, I didn't. I came out and and I just admitted everything and told everybody the truth. And then the next week, I made my own pumpkin pie with my own pie crust recipe. And then you know everybody rejoiced. It was back to normal, and it, it actually tastes better. You know, it's it's harder work. You have to keep the butter and everything ice cold so that things don't get gummy. But it really is worth it. I'm glad I'm glad I got caught. Well, Bill Belichick joining us apparently is uh, who this is. Jeez. Uh, oh, my gosh. All right, Peter. Well, listen, I'm, I'm glad that you have confidence moving forward. I think everyone does after the way Vernon Adams played and just the fact that the offense looked like uh, they were just moving better. Oh, me too. I have total confidence in them, and I just want those darn Seahawks to start winning now because – Boy, oh boy! If we if we lose one more game, we we won't make it to the playoffs. It's just disgusting. Playoffs? I just want to win a game. That's, That's right. 
Uh, yeah, Peter, I, I mean, their odds are already so low that they'll make the playoffs now. But if you lose well, another divisional division, yeah, but, but you know, it yeah. can happen. I'm still hoping. Okay, I'm you're a Debbie Downer, and I'm a huge optimist. You, that is very true. That is very true. So, Peter, for the for the Ducks this season, would you be satisfied with? A win over the Huskies, a win over the Beavers, and a bull victory, even if it's not necessarily a high-end bull, maybe the Sun Bowl? I would be totally satisfied, okay? You know, you can't be in the top five every year unless you pay your players way more, like in the SEC. So, okay, every six years, down year is a Sun Bowl, fine, I'll deal with that. As long as we get the recruits and we keep on going and maybe two years from now we're back in the national title, that's fine. That is fine by me. At least we're not beavers, okay? All right, Peter. Thanks, buddy. Good luck Holla. to your tulips, Peter. Thank you. Holla. Uh, there he is. He's a character. There's a lot of stuff in that phone call. There was. There was a lot going on. I, ha- I didn't know about Crestgate. I did not know about that one. He, uh, I, I believe he texted us in or, or emailed us his confession on that one. We need to ask him about next week. I want to know if he grows pumpkins or anything like that. Next, because he he grows like zucchini and like other you know th- that type of stuff. That's why I figured I figured he would go nuts for the pumpkin lattes. Like he would make that at home. Like he would make his own pumpkin spice latte. That doesn't Peter like he would grow everything in his backyard and then make it from scratch during the fall. Maybe he just likes normal squash and pumpkin just isn't his thing. That's true. I, you know me, not my no pumpkin for me. Four one seven seventy five seventy five. Perkins and Ringer back with you more here on 750 and 102.9 The Game. Ducks recap, I promise, is coming up next here on 750 and 102.9 The Game. Back to Ducks Gridiron on 750 and 102.9 The Game. Brian Perkins, Eric Ringering with you. An hour and change left on the show. Going to go around the Pac-12 next hour, Ringer. I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited to talk about my Utes. They're my Utes now. Have you noticed that now that they're undefeated? Yeah, I've noticed you've really <laughs> taken a lot of ownership over this team. I have. Uh, I'm bandwagoning. you are so close to, yes. considering that you didn't go there and you don't live in the same state. I don't. I mean, I do have more I ties did, than I do Oregon. but you don't. I do have more ties there than I do the University of Oregon. But either way, uh, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to get your opinion about them and their prospects for the rest of the season. Anthony Newman, of course, uh, former Duck, former NFL great. He's going to join us coming up right around 9.32-ish. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to get you the Ducks recap in just a moment, but i got to vent very quickly, Ringer. I like a lot of stupid stuff. I can attest to that. movies. Uh, I, I loved Lord of the Rings. I even was suckered into watching all three of the Hobbit movies, even though it should have just been one movie. No, that's understandable. I mean, why would you quit at two or even quit at one when you know it's a trilogy? But that third was just, it was yes, awful. I'm with you. I just, the, the Hobbit was frustrating because it's like, it's one book and it's so stupid that they had to space it out into three films. But I, I was part of the problem because I paid to see all three. Anyway, I just very quickly, I cannot get on board with Star Wars. I can't do it. I watched the trailer last night and I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. I just, I think Star Wars is dumb. And I like a lot of stupid things. And I just, I don't get it. And I saw them, I remember seeing the the first three, I guess episodes four, five, and six, uh, when they were like digitally remastered way back in the day, like in the late 90s when I was like 10. I remember going to theater with my parents and seeing them and I was like, oh, 
neat. Those are neat little movies. And then uh, they came out with Jar Jar Binks, and I was pretty much done. I haven't even seen the Sith one, the uh, the third, you know, the, the newest one. Yeah, Can, all of are, that is over my head because okay. I hate Star Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I know the names of it. Basically, the only thing I like about Star Wars is that it was cool enough to make a a ride at Disneyland based off of it. Yes, a really which good I do ride. Like. Yes, the ride is really good, and it created a really good spoof in Spaceballs by Mel Brooks. I yeah, love that's that pretty movie. Good. Um, it's not as good as some of his other films, but it's a very good movie. The best part of Star Wars is the theme, is the music by John Williams. I agree with who that. Who's the greatest uh, contemporary movie composer of our time. That's the only That's the only part of Star Wars that I listen to and enjoy. So we've established here on Duck's Gridiron, we are not going to celebrate the new Star Wars movie. If it's your thing, go out and enjoy. Go dress up like Chewbacca. I don't care. Ringer doesn't care. Uh, we're not going to be dropping any Star Wars uh, excitement on this show. We're no, kind of party uh, poopers. We're not, but I did want to ask you a question. How many just base idea, how many n- people do you think it just annoyed that they had to sit through half of a football game to watch that? Because that's not really, those two do not go hand in hand. They don't, and I wonder how much they paid ESPN because actually uh, during Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center afterwards, I- I've been watching that more because he is really good at what he does. By the way, yes, uh, they played it again in the middle of his like live, like not during the commercial break. Like he came back and he threw to it. So they played it again. I wonder how much money they had to drop uh, so that we could see a glimpse of George Lucas's table scraps. I have no idea. You're right, though. There's probably a lot of people that have never watched a game of football in their life, and they're like, halftime. Okay, so I'll check in about 20 minutes into this game and see what's up, and they keep having to scroll back. It's probably annoying, but for them, I guarantee you it was worth it, and I don't blame them. It's like Star Wars for 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 people who love this series is like you and I, um, you know, early October or September when but football like season March starts. March Madness or something like that. Like, yeah. Like, one of the coolest events in the sports calendar year. And I can and I can and respect been waiting that. for it for how many years? Yes, I don't know. And I can respect that because as you know, I'm I, I I'm a little bit of a geek. I like star I like sci-fi stuff outside of Star Wars. I play video games, I play sci-fi video games, I do all those things. In fact, there's a video game coming out next month I'm very excited about. So I get it. It's just not our thing. So if you call in and try to drop like a Star Wars reference as this thing gets closer, Ringer and I will not understand or care. I just wanted to throw that PSA out there. I am Are you on happy? Board. Okay. All right. 417-7575. We'll get to more of your calls. We're going to go around the Pac-12. Just a little vent uh, from Ringer and I there. But uh, Brian Griggs, he's our production engineer. He does a great job every week putting together our Ducks Recap. This is Ducks Recap. Presented locally by Portland Metro Toyota Dealers. Toyota, let's go places. I felt good out there, and O-Line blocked their butts off, you know. Royce doing Royce, and it just felt good. Being out there, felt good to get a win. Total team win, and I and, uh, thought a real gutty performance by our team. But from the start to finish, I think the, the defense played pretty, pretty good. You know, it was probably one of our best games this year. Adams to throw on third down. Steps up, a little pressure, going toward the end zone. Way back there, Carrington's got the ball. Touchdown, Oregon. Well, I guess he's going to (laughs) play. I guess he was in the game, wasn't he? (laughs) Second down after the fumble at the 28-yard line. Second down and three. 
Second and three. Give the Freeman. Going left. Gets away. 25, 30, 35, 40. Spins and goes to the 42-yard line. Looks middle. Gets dumped. Big sack right up the middle. And you got to wonder if anybody got a hand on Henry Mondo. Snap and a play action to throw. Pressure, throws, open man, caught, turning and trying to get downfield. 40 and out of bounds hard at the 45 is Darren Carrington. to throw, a little play action, pressure comes, runs away from it, looking downfield, wants to go deep, now just dumps it down the middle, caught by Carrington, and he keeps the grab. It'll be a first down at the 21-yard line, but he's going to get up sore. And give him the ball going right, cuts it inside of the five to the three to the two, touchdown Oregon! With an assist from an offensive lineman. Kiss, I know you need it, do you feel it? Drink water, drink Steps up, still moving, now downfield. Going to go deep. Got him down there. Catch made it out of bounds inside the 15. Braylon Addison, if he could have kept his balance, he had a score, but he was going toward the sideline as he made the grab. Wins out to the left in the snap and back to throw. Browning looks left, pressured, hit down. Back at the 29-yard line. And DeForest Buckner showed a little speed coming up from behind. Pressure comes, steps up to the middle. Now runs to his right, still looking, directing traffic. Throws, touchdown anyway. Darren Carrington. Until we feel all right. Here's the kickoff. And a return 10, 15, 20. Addison 30. All the way out to the 40. Got a chance for the block to go all the way down the sideline. Going to be a foot race 20. And bumped out of bounds inside the 15-yard line. Nice answer. Just under 12 minutes remaining at the 49. Vernon Adams waiting for the snap and has it and going to give it up to Freeman. He's got more than a first down of the 40 inside of the 35-yard line and tackled. Play action, rolling right to throw. Stops, looks downfield, down the middle. He's got Carrington, catch made, and the hit made hard, and a targeting call is going to be made against the Huskies. Carter Samuels on the snap, back to throw. Wants to go deep down the right side. It is intercepted. Picked off by Ugo Amati, and he goes down, and Oregon's got the ball, and this ball game is going to be Oregon's. Everybody in tight. Vernon Adams takes a knee with 22 seconds remaining. Huskies cannot stop the clock. And that is going to be the final play of the game. 26-20 victory over the Huskies here in Seattle. There it is. Brian Griggs puts it together every week. Really, he's put it together 12 times, theoretically. Because that's how many times Oregon has defeated Washington. That was your Ducks recap going around the Pac-12 next. It's Perkins and Ringer with you until 10 o'clock here live and local on 750 and 1029 The Game, your home for Oregon Ducks football.